0: Chris Briggs, director of the International Institute for Facilitation and Change, and as I'd like to welcome you to another of our Bonfire interviews. As I think you know, we uh, are preparing to publish a collection of the many amazingly wonderful articles that were published over the years in Bonfire, a monthly digital publication of the. And uh, several of our authors have graciously agreed to be interviewed in uh, honor of this launch of the new book. Today I have the great pleasure of welcoming Lisa Heft, who has an impressive curriculum that includes a lot of international work, an aspect that I find particularly interesting. And her specialty is really facilitating participatory processes that are highly interactive and suitable for um, all kinds of diverse settings. You know that that kind of accommodate the diversity of the of the content that the context provides. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing a lot more about that from Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Welcome. It's a
1: pleasure to be here. I'm enjoying uh, dipping into thought together about facilitation and these different participant-driven uh, uh, processes, uh, including the, the ones I specialize in, because they're, they're slightly different in the world of facilitation. And you can use them for such productive things across culture, across discipline. So I'm eager to uh, explore a bit with you.
0: Ah, likewise. Let's start by just having you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field of group facilitation.
1: I believe I got into it before there was the word facilitation. Uh, I, I can say that I would have named myself a facilitator in about 1974 So that and that was a very new word in those years. Uh, but I had always had a background in how people share and absorb learning and communication and uh, human dynamics, and um, so I was very, very interested in that sort of thing, where people have dialogue with self, with others, and share information, share experience,
0: share knowledge across differences. Well, that certainly is a, a, an excellent way to describe, in a broad sense, what the facilitator does: is help those kind of conversations take place. Yeah. One of your specialties is um, a, a method, a technology known as open space. And um, it's one of my favorite elements in the toolbox, but I would love to have you tell a little bit, for those who aren't familiar with it, what it, what open space it looks like, what it's about. It is a participant-driven
1: dialogue process rather than a facilitator. When in some cases, the facilitator is the uh, orchestra conductor, the guide, the universal translator, the person who draws you out and, Uh, uh, helps you think aloud or share ideas across cultures, etc. And an open space, uh, which is still a tool in the toolbox, uh, you are brought together in a circle of 10 or 3,000 and there is a task, let's say we're designing an airplane door uh, but within that container and with this process, you, uh, uh, the participants themselves name topics that they feel they would like to convene discussion and working groups on uh, under this umbrella of this task we're here to do today design the airplane door. They name their topics, they convene their own discussion groups, uh, so there aren't, there need to be 20 facilitators. Uh, there are some guidelines to invite this nature of conversation and self-facilitation. Everyone takes notes, pulls them together, and comes up with a book of proceedings so that everyone shares knowledge across all of the topics that were discussed, not just the ones they were able to attend. So it's a really great, it's not for everything, as every tool is not for everything, but it is a really great uh, process for bringing uh, medium and even very large groups together to generate not just ideas, but, experiences and knowledge and relationships and best practices and share challenges uh, as they either prepare for moving into something like, now let's get those plans out and draw that airplane door, or as they walk away with the reflection of that as in a knowledge sharing conference or a group that's experiencing change and growth that needs to articulate that experience.
0: Thank you that's um, a, a wonderful broad introduction to, to uh, that gives the the idea I think the key word there is participant driven and as facilitators at the beginning um, at least in my case I always thought the the onus the responsibility for producing a result and or, or in was uh, was on my shoulders, and often the client was kind of breathing down my neck, also trying to control in some way what the focus of the conversation was and the outcome of the conversation. And so if I hear you correctly, what we're saying here is that open space shifts that dynamic completely, and so the role of the facilitator is quite different, is that true? Yes, and,
1: and you have extensive talks with the client about this. I mean, so much of facilitation is the pre-work, which is to me extensive, and it includes everything about the environment as well as the issues, as well as the context, as well as what, how this fits into the chain of actions, what carries forward post-event, you know, all those many things. But you are also exploring with this client the objectives and desired outcomes in order to select the right tool. But if open space feels like it is a good fit, you're definitely having those conversations where, you know, are you really ready to hear the participant voice if they come up with a different idea? Is is this the environment for that? Are we or are we just fooling each other? Do you know? Are we fooling everybody? Do we want that? But so open space is really something where the uh, leaders of the organization, the client, the host of the organization or community are saying, No, you know, I think people collectively have more wisdom and knowledge and experience than I do or than a select few do. So, this is usually why you get to a place where you feel that that is a very, very good fit for this sort of thing. But definitely participant driven and not oh, it's so organic, we're meeting in circle, whatever happens. It's not that there's a very specific process and a very specific container, if you will, lots of preparation, but also structure. It's just not the structure of perhaps a linear meeting process or other meeting processes. And the role of the facilitator is very, very different. So it is humbling, uh, uh, as you remember, that it's not about you, right? Uh, <laughs> as the facilitator, it is about the people and their amazing abilities and passions and knowledge. And if they step into this sort of situation, they realize that, wait a minute, it's it's my responsibility to step out to, and name something that I feel can contribute. Wait a minute, we're we are taking each o- notes for each other, so it's very much a process that helps people. Um, or, once again sort of own what they are saying and it's it's very different than sort of a let's brainstorm ideas and and toss them up You, you have to step up and name something and say I, I wish to convene a conversation around this and you don't even have to know Where it goes? But if you have a, even a question you do not know the answer to if you are even a single person who comes up with an idea and nobody comes to your discussion session then you might be a visionary and you might need to take that hour in that discussion to write your notes because it all goes into a book of proceedings which is this collective source of knowledge sharing. So it even acknowledges this very different uh, thinker who could be the next discoverer of penicillin, the person that will shift the whole nature of the business. It's really remarkable to watch and
0: again quite humbling. You just touched what I was uh, thinking that I wanted to ask you, which is how is the participant's experience different? Because um, I know that increasingly, and I think understandably, there's a certain resistance, especially sometimes with young people or people who have just been uh, suffered through too many boring, top-down, speaker-at-the-front, expert-driven mm-hmm. Uh, kind of conferences and things like that, and, it, it, and they're tired of just having to wait for the coffee break to have a chance to express themselves. So um, I, what I'm getting you saying here is that the, the participants here have a very different role, and sometimes it can be a bit of a shock at the beginning to realize the, uh, what you're being asked to, to risk and to try. I like the way you said that. Um, in
1: When I was thinking of talking to you this morning, I actually went back to the books of proceedings from some of these events. Uh, you could actually turn it, you know, here's a, it's like a report from an open space event. And I read, uh, uh, we scribed the closing circle uh, so people have a comment and reflection period. And I read some of these things, and it said, you know, the most interesting thing that happened today is we talked about brand new ideas, brand new programs that don't exist in any way. We didn't talk about being limited by ideas or challenges. You know, uh, what I liked the best was that we usually sit in lines uh, and listen to experts, and we realized that we were the experts. You know, I won't go to another PowerPoint conference again. <laughs> somebody said, um, but but things like what I liked the best was that we were present with each other. There aren't even tables. Between these people, there are circles of chairs. Um, we listened to each other. We made eye contact. We breathed the same air, and this was for a group that was uh, working Mozambicans and people from the United States and other countries working in governmental agencies that are working in HIV and AIDS work in Mozambique. And it said, "We listened to each other. We made eye contact. Breathe the same air." I had a sense of hopelessness in these last months, but last night I had a sense of hope that we are doing what can be done, and this is in a several day open space, where they were gathering together uh, to decide right before budget talks, so in sort of strategic planning before budget, to decide how to spend a billion dollars worth of HIV, AIDS, money, policy, education, outreach, health. Uh, in Mozambique over the next five years and they realized that if they went into the meeting with linear thinking, holding on to exactly the programs that they already had, that they wouldn't be changing the face of HIV and AIDS uh, in Mozambique. And so their their task wasn't building an airplane door, it was how do we spend a billion dollars worth of HIV and AIDS money in Mozambique over the next five years and, and create some real change. And their other thought in in using open space as the tool for this was uh, there there are experts and uh, people mm, mm, who have money and policy in U.S. government agencies, but there's also filled with Mozambicans. And so how could they have a process, a meeting process, a knowledge sharing process, where the Mozambican voice would be the one that stood out, rather than the other people in other cultures that were sort of out there talking all the time and it had the dual objective and outcome of this
0: and it, it achieved it. Wow, how powerful. It was powerful uh, to be part of. It okay. really was. You mentioned a three-day process or something um, but the tool can be used in a variety of different kind of lengths, right? Yeah, it's not
1: something, if I had three hours This is not, as I would call it, this is not speed dating. This is not fastest person with the idea wins. If that happens, in any process, only the quick responders get their voice included. And the reflective thinkers uh, do not get to be part of that. So that reduces diversity, and that reduces productivity, product, amazingness, uh, efficacy. So I wouldn't squish any process into too short a time span for that process, I would choose another process. So in open space, let's say somebody said I have two hours or something like that, there are some really wonderful other participant driven dialogic processes that I would use that give people a chance to unfold and open up and share what they're thinking. Uh, World Cafe comes to mind and and I use that a lot in a short form uh, time zone although that can be used longer form as well. But open space I would not squish. If you do not use the full form of opening circle, a non-rushed agenda co-creation process, ideally several sessions of discussion so people can think across sessions over time and time to move between topics so they can cross-pollinate and notice things and share ideas. And then a closing circle with reflection and comment. That's the full form of open space. To squish it or drop one of those is changing the human dynamics of that particular process. And I, I just wouldn't do it. It would be doing a disservice to the uh, overarching objectives and desired outcomes. It would it would shift those dynamics. And I would simply choose another process. But open space can be used for, let's say, four hours to a day to two days, maybe sometimes two and a half. And the deliverables, as I would call them, to those different, length like open space, are different. So a four-hour open space will give you a different set of outcomes than a full-day or a two-day open space. As you know, uh, an overnight percolation, as I call it, is very, very good for some issues and topics and reasons, no matter what the process. So the time is part of the decision, as well as choosing which process delivers. Great.
0: I know that you've done some um, training in how to Uh, conduct an open space in Latin America and probably in other places. If someone's listening to this and they think, gee, that sounds really great, how do I get to learn more about this or experience it in some way? What what options can you recommend?
1: Well, the very first place, the place to begin, is Harrison Owens' book. And I mean the book, whether it's in electronic or audio form, rather than the other writings that we've all written about, including Harrison, uh, uh, since. That book is the place to begin because it gives you full form, it gives you the reasons why, it gives you the nuances of why our role as facilitators are very different, very. We can we can break this process if we insert ourselves in it differently. Uh, and that book is called Open Space Technology, A User's Guide, and it is available in several languages. It is available in audio as well as electronic, it, for some people uh, uh, listening to this from certain countries. Uh, and it really gives you case studies, reasons how it was developed. And it was developed, by the way, because he noticed, Harrison noticed that, you know, a conference, you see these workshops and programs, and and but the really very best idea sharing, the best relationship building, the best breakthrough thinking, it all happened in the coffee breaks in the hallways. And that's one of the things that inspired is open space design, as well as just thinking about how marketplaces around the world uh, uh, self organize and how businesses organize. And so it's good to read that book. And then you can do open space without anybody's blessing or certification. <laughs> Consciously, it is not a certificated process, it is to be shared. Knowledge is to be shared, and we in the international open space community really feel very strongly about this. So you don't need anybody's blessing to be an open space uh, uh, facilitator. However, if your way of learning is experiential and with others and through workshops and then, then several of us do teach around the world in several different languages. Uh, we know each other, we are individuals and we can, ne- we can uh, connect you
0: with the individual who might be in your
1: language or your country.
0: Great. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that in my experience, I, when I've sometimes tried to convince, well, not convince, but suggest <laughs> that a group might benefit from using something like open space, I've, I've run into a lot of interesting, what I would call distortions, you know, or misconceptions of what that might be like. And one of my favorites, I mean, in that way that the you know, you like something that's sort of horrifying at the same time. Um, was uh, a colleague who said, "Oh yeah, open space. We we use that with the client recently. The client had 18 different options that they wanted their crew to um, evaluate and discuss." I said, Wait, a <laughs> if it starts with the client has the agenda and the ah, 18, hmm. you make might be a definitely you can create a participatory process that will. We'll dig into those and you know, rate them and prioritize them or do something. But don't call it open space. Yes.
1: yes. And actually, every time, every time, is it true? Yes, it is. Every single time I've heard somebody say, you know, we tried that and it didn't work or it didn't feel right, and I said, can you describe it to me? It actually wasn't open space. It wasn't the full form, uh, it was part of something. Open space is not just sitting in a circle and putting things on a wall. Do you know what I mean? And you can do that. There's many different great ways of thinking that include that. But in order to ideally call something open space, like you call a hammer a hammer so we know which tool to pick up, it's good to reference different named tools with their names so that our clients and communities and organizations do have the same access as we do of understanding uh, uh, what is what are good fits for good process. But I've seen it uh, not work or I've heard that it hasn't worked because it wasn't chosen for the right reason, it wasn't the right tool. It was squished into too short a space. The facilitator inserted themselves and added more things and became a personality and tried to help and this is really one of those absolute knots, not for this process. So it really wasn't open space that that people were using and I can be very passionate about some methods like Open Space and World Cafe, but doesn't, that doesn't mean I hammer them into every single situation just because I'm passionate about them because, yes, it's not about me. Back to that. It's really about this client and these participants and serving their needs and serving their dialogue and their organization, not doing what I think is just really juicy and fun because I'm into it, you know. So I will as well tell a client who calls me and says, we love you, we've heard about you, we want to give you billions of dollars. Well, um, I would hope, and we really want open space, and I will still bring them back to the, the specific analysis about what's your objective, what are your desired outcomes, how much time do we have, as I would for any process. Sure. You know, who are these people? Why them? Can we invite more in the system, more people in the system to this? What's happened before? All those basic facilitator pre work intake interview kind of questions.
0: That that this emphasis on the pre work is crucial. I know that when I'm training new facilitators I say, look, eighty percent of the job is done before you step up in front of the group. I mean I, all that conversation, all that um, uh, uh, discovery, or due diligence, or whatever you want to call it, to really grasp um, who are these people, what is their issue, what are they really trying to accomplish, and what's possible. And one of the factors that you mentioned is, you mentioned the word earlier, container, and there is a physical dimension to open space, which I think is also very... Important. I mean, you can't do it in an auditorium with fixed seats, for sure. <laughs> and it's, been, it's been done. It, really? It,
1: it, yeah, you know, humans will form circles to talk to each other. They'll turn into each other to talk to each other in any situation. So there have been situations where, because we share stories internationally about uh, what people have bumped into. And even in an auditorium, there is the possibility for turning to somebody or, or looking across, and so, but it's not our ideal room. We, we like to get a room that's at least double uh, the size of the number of participants, like with any interactive process, even interactive training. Uh, you want room to breathe, and you want a lot of things happening in that room, like their agenda wall, their discussion areas. This
0: has been a fascinating conversation. I, uh, open spaces is, is a very rich, uh, not only for conversation, but even more for bringing groups together and and helping them communicate in new ways and find new new, uh, possibilities from their very own resources, which is absolutely the best. And um, we have luckily in the Bonfire Collection an article by Lisa about open space with links and references to all kinds of places but if you just google open space you'll find information and and also harrison owen's book that you mentioned is a a tremendous uh, first step for people who like to learn by reading and understand the origin i'm the kind of person who likes to know where did this start and what was the origin story behind this amazing uh, technology and 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 i think open space's origin story is particularly juicy. Um, Is there anything else that you think it would be helpful to mention for our audience before we sign off? I think the universal
1: understanding that facilitation is not what it looks like by looking at it. Mm -hmm. So just as I were to step in on another process and imagine that I might do it because I'm seeing it happen, I would support, especially for these participant-driven processes, thorough Thorough learning, either self-learning or workshop learning, about when the, when these things are not appropriate and why the dynamics of the facilitator are so different and why you don't add in other things and and you know what ifs and when not tos for any process very much more so even for the facilit- for the participant driven things such as open space I believe because it can be teasingly deceptively simple look looking. And it is, at the same time, seemingly simple as amazingly, wonderfully complex. Uh, And so I I really recommend true learning about it, rather than thinking that, oh, it's participant driven, it's much easier, (laughs) you know, it's it's actually a really different sort of thing. And I also encourage people to reach out and and learn from each other, because people in the open space international community, they're so generous and so uh, 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 supportive of learning. And there's no, we don't say things like master, mastery, because we, we realize that it's lifelong learning and learning from each other, and that new questions bring us incredible insight and change how we think. So there's an international conversation going on uh, called the OS List, and that's like sitting in the big circle with Harrison and I'll be there and all of our colleagues and even people we don't even know are witnessing and sitting and talking in that uh, list serve circle. And there are other gatherings like that in person around the world. Do not hesitate to ask questions because we, we believe in this knowledge sharing and support across the world.
0: Well, it sounds like open space is truly an open process, <laughs> not only when it's used in specific context, but in its general ethos, or the way it approaches, you know, puts itself out there in the world. So thanks for that invitation and um, for your time, and I look forward to more fun to come. <laughs> you really enjoyed that last interview, and I also hope that you're kind of hungry to have more opportunities to learn from experienced facilitators like the ones featured in this series. If that's the case, I have great news for you. The Bonfire Collection, a complete reference guide for facilitation and change, will be available starting May 12th. This compendium of useful information, written by working experts in the field, provides the practical tips and inspiration you need when you're working with groups. Material is organized into all of our favorite topics including facilitation, effective meetings, participatory processes, conflict, consensus, leadership, and more so you can easily find the content that you're looking for. The bonfire collection will provide you with answers to your questions about how to deal with the challenges of working with groups, tools for increasing group participation, and inspiration for supporting change through your great facilitation. It's kind of like having a personal coach at your fingertips. The Bonfire Collection comes in three formats, hard copy e-ring notebook, e-book, and downloadable PDF. All contain the same great information, and you can get your copy of the Bonfire Collection at a special launch price if you buy before May 30th add the Bonfire Collection to your Facilitation Toolkit as soon as it becomes available on May 12th.